This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. Episode 292, The Science of Simplicity and Your Money. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And today we're talking about simplicity. And we love that science and simplicity are alliteration, but I think it's maybe less science and more psychology, which is also behavioral science, social science. Thank you. All right. Great. Science. Yeah. I'm not a scientist. So (laughs) it was a a stretch. (laughs) I like words. So that's where that's where we yeah. stretched with this. Although there are a lot of differences between like chemists and psychologists. I but assumed science is. There we go. Okay. That. Well, that's what we're talking about today. Yes, we talk about all the time how simplicity helps you manage your money better. And today we wanted to go through some of the research backed reasons behind that. But first, our sponsor. Biting off more than you can chew. It's a cautionary sponsor here to remind us that taking big old bites of our sandwiches could be a choking hazard and packing our schedules way too full could lead to overwhelm and fatigue. Nevertheless, we have just the remedy for you and it's called Our Debt-Free Stories on YouTube. Whether you want some feel-good inspiration while you muddle through your to-do list or you bit off more debt than you can metaphorically chew and you're just not sure how you will get rid of it all, listen and watch. It's a dual thing, two things, listen and watch, some stories of fellow Frugal Friends podcast listeners on how they paid off debt. Go check it out on our YouTube channel, Frugal Friends Podcast on YouTube, our debt-free stories, Click the subscribe button, hit the little notification dot dongle, jongle bell. Yeah. It'll tell you when you've got more inspiration ready, yeah. ready and waiting for you. They should all be available by the time you hear this. Yay. So you'll all be able ten to of them. all you'll be able to binge all ten of them. Yes. So. Bin, binge watch, not just yes. binge listen. Binge watch. Yes. And they get the quality gets better as we go along. <laughs> yes. 
Thanks to Eric, yeah. even though we were not pleased at the time when it got later and later and he's adjusting the video and lighting. Uh, we are for sure podcasters. Oh, we are podcasters through and through, through and but we try through. and it does. It, it is great. It's, yeah. It's still so great. Yes. All right. So if simplicity is something you are looking to achieve more of in your life, we do talk about it a lot on the podcast. A few of our favorite interviews that where we talk about simplicity is episode 248, where we talk to Bob and Linda Lodick about simplifying your money. They have this great idea for like a literally a one category budget, which blew my mind when we had yeah, them on. That's awesome. And then also episode 59, creating soulful simplicity in your life with Courtney Carver. She is the creator of the Project 333 Capsule Wardrobe Challenge, author of Soulful Simplicity. So that was a really great interview from way, way back in we the We talk archives. about simplicity in most of our episodes. So just feel free to keep yes. binging us and you'll hear more about from it. From the very beginning, since at least episode 59, uh-huh. we have been talking about it. So today we're just taking a smidge of a spin on it to talk about some of the studies, some of the practical elements. And uh, yeah, that's what we're going into. So kick us off, Jill. This first article comes from happiness.com and gives us six reasons that simplicity is beneficial, like six key benefits of simplifying your life. And we're going to go through all six. I think I agree with all of them. Wow. I know. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's very rare that we agree with all of the ones on a list. So good job, happiness.com. I too agree with them. So the first one is to simplify to learn more about yourself. Uh, so when we did our spending makeover live in January, one, if not the hardest thing everyone said was actually figuring out your core values. And we think finding what you value is essential to spending money on things you love and saying no to the things that you don't. And that really, that is really hard. It's a simple thing to say. It's an easy thing to say. But when you are so used to focusing on other people and other things, it can be hard to focus on yourself in the ways that it matters. And so when you simplify, you really do give yourself more space to learn about yourself and to learn about those values and develop values-based spending. We were, when I was researching for this episode, I found an an article on psychology today um, that wasn't like a list. So it wasn't really great for the purposes of the show, but it was like of a woman who is um, Jewish by heritage, but not by practice, and decided one weekend that they would, her and her son would observe the Sabbath, like the traditional Jewish Sabbath that has, gosh, I think she said like 50 different rules. And she's like, I never observed it because the rules seemed so restrictive and just seemed like deprivation. And what she found when she followed all these rules, they were essentially forcing her to simplify 
It was forced simplification, and it almost felt indulgent. Hmm. And that she had the space where her mind would normally just go to her phone, or if she had a question, it would go to Google, or she would call her mom, like all these things that she'd normally use to distract her brain. She had to just sit. Hmm with herself. Yeah. I don't think we often give ourselves the space to do that. And we don't have to. There is so much that can take up our capacities and energy and attention. And there is something within at least American culture of a hierarchy of value, the busier you are. I think Mm -hmm. there's a lot of movements pushing against that, but it's still ingrained in us. Like if you're busy, that means you're important. Mm -hmm. And so what that what that then does and can lead to is not much time for process or or reflection or enjoying the simple things in life, the beauties that are all around, but it's so much stress, overwhelm, fatigue. But then we just keep, keep going without even thinking about, well, what's causing this and what could shift and what do I actually want? And I really appreciated how the author pointed out too in the beginning before they even got into these six steps, just what they're noticing in, this, in themselves as they age, which I can relate to as I'm getting older. I think that there is this draw, pull, attraction to wanting less, wanting opportunities to exhale, wanting to know more about myself, the environment in which I came from, which I think you also see like a lot of people leaning into figuring out their ancestry or Mm -hmm. being more interested in the culture in which they came from, which I think is a really beautiful process that can happen as we age. I also like how they reference this aim at simplicity. It's not new. This is one of those ancient paths that many religious groups and cultures will follow, like from the monastic orders in the Middle Ages to modern day Amish people or Quakers. The the simple living, the simple life is essential to some of these practices. And, you know, we can take what works for us and leave behind what doesn't doesn't, but I think it's also really interesting and helpful to recognize that there are some practices that humanity has engaged with over the decades and centuries that is just good for humans. And Mm -hmm. so when we talk about simplicity, it's across the board of schedule and within our lives and just creating space to exhale. So all of that said, there's like, (laughs) there's so much foundation, I think, to lay here. But then the so now skipping to number 2 that a simpler lifestyle what we're talking about here can lead to improved relationships and they reference an essay by Amitai et Zioli you were <laughs> probably brave for I attempting was brave. that name yes. voluntary simplicity is what this essay is about and how in that quest to push against the acquiring of material possessions, we are often more likely to focus on relationships. And so when spending excessive time on social media or being occupied just being by being busy, oftentimes our relationships, those actually around us, can suffer. And so when we reduce those things, it frees us up to spend more time with friends and family. But then they also reference when we give space for a pause and mark 
margin and we're experiencing more time with friends and family, it can also lead to a bit of editing of friendship groups. I have a good friend who was recognizing in her own life, kind of taking inventory and keeping a pulse on how do I feel after engaging with each of these friends. Shout out to Ashlyn. She was describing that she was starting to notice that with like some hangouts, it was leading to like anxiety afterwards. And sometimes she felt like so filled up and really like like life was poured back into her. And it, I know we've said this before. It's not as if we don't have any relationships that have fo- some form of like depletion or need surrounding them, but at least intention with very life-giving relationships. But like you're not going to create that pause unless you've got some of that curiosity and you've cleared some space for yourself to say, how did that interaction make me feel? Yeah. How, what is this group of friends providing to me? How is this going to benefit my life even long term? I think it's a great thing to be focusing on, but we're not going to be able to do that if we're just so cluttered. Right. It's so easy. Like you leave someone and you immediately will get on social media or thinking about, okay, what's for dinner? What's the the next thing. And we fill, fill, fill our heads every single moment that we don't give the opportunity even for like uncomfortable thoughts. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's so interesting. So this next one is that simple living boosts your bank balance. Oh, more alliteration. Yeah. So this one actually does have a study according to a UK study from 2018, which questioned 2000 people, which 1000 is my minimum for including survey results. They said money worries affect 40% of the population. And so if you simplify and I'm, I think that article really that I that I read yesterday really made me think about the indulgence of simplicity mm. that we we don't want to deprive ourselves. Right. And so sometimes simple living, minimalism, what have you, they are not the same thing, but they can be equated with deprivation, mm. as can saving money, yeah. but really giving yourself over to the luxuriation of these <laughs> you just made different up a word. yeah <laughs> I'm here for it as like all of the the indulgences that simplification and minimalism and mm. and this stuff can provide it just takes a mindset shift of like this woman sitting in her house like she got to read through so much more of a book than she would have because she's like, when I read, I think I should be writing because she's, you know, writing for psychology today, obviously. She's like, I feel guilty and I should be writing. But when I'm, you know, doing the Sabbath, I can't write. So I'm forced into further self-care almost. Oh, that's so true. Like just to sit and listen to music feels indulgent. Mm -hmm. But there is something very simple to that and it can clear up my space and create rest. Yeah. And so we're, mm, we're, I love that perspective. When we're creating, like we're, when we're focusing on the indulgences and the luxuriation <laughs> of simplicity, You're we don't, with it. I am now, we don't have to rely on spending money to fill those gaps, yes. which we so often do when we feel like we need to treat ourselves. But there are other ways to treat yourself that almost feel like guilty. You feel guilty about doing. Yeah. 
Oh, that's so true. Number four on here is living a simple life is great for your health. And they reference a study from 2014, which is just on the cusp of my standards for research studies that they're 15 years older, newer. So we're right there, (laughs) which is crazy. 2014. Oh, man. Okay. Published (laughs) in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology, where they found a link between materialism, and they define that as valuing possessions and money, and that connection to poor physical health. And another team from Knox College in Illinois also found an even stronger link between materialism and engagement in risky behavior. That could damage physical health, like drinking alcohol, smoking, drug use. And so then they're kind of saying it makes sense then that in the reverse of that, having a more non-materialistic attitude could lead to more positive health outcomes, which I think is wild. Mm -hmm. But I've also been thinking recently and having conversations with people about just some of the the trueness, I'm making up my own word too, of that concept of more money, more problems. And money isn't the issue. Like it's what we do with it. But I think that there is this principle where the more that you have, whether it's money or resources, the more responsible you are for those things. And there's a weight and a pressure, whether realized or unrealized of what am I now going to do with these things Mm -hmm. that I've been entrusted with? The goal of frugality is to be good stewards of that. But if we've not created space for mindfulness and intentionality, I think sometimes that can lead to that subconscious, not realized weight and responsibility that leads to some of those risky behaviors. Like, okay, well, I've got this and I'm not putting much thought into like, what am I going to do with it? And this is what the world is telling me is good and helpful and will be effective and efficient for my life. And and then it leads to some of this. I mean, yeah, some of the craziest behaviors come from the wealthiest people. So there is like, <laughs> there is a phenomenon here. We're looking at you, old Justin Bieber. <laughs> Don't know. I'm even thinking like the billionaires. I think that there's just something too. You just have an absurd amount of money. And okay, I know that like no billionaires are like listening to our podcast. <laughs> but like, you know, thinking of that, on a smaller mm-hmm. scale that the the more that that's the focus of our time energy and efforts there is this strong link between then maybe not making the best decisions if our aim is just collecting everything i can possibly mm-hmm. collect and having all the luxurious materials in my home then that type of mentality could lead to riskier types Yeah, it's of the behavior. materialism mentality, not necessarily yeah. the income exactly. growth mentality. Exactly. When I was writing my first book, The No Spend Challenge Guide, I came across a study, um, and at this point, it probably falls outside your your time <laughs> limit. All right, whatever. We're all old. So. But it, it studied a group of people who had... Um, a lot of clutter in their mm-hmm. homes, like border, like borderline hoarders, mm-hmm. and then just the like on the same like spectrum to all to people who didn't have a lot of things in mm-hmm. their homes, and they mm-hmm. found that the people who 
had a lot of stuff in their homes. Like the spectrum kind of correlated to less emphasis on health. So Uh the more stuff they had in their home, the less they tried to be healthy. Interesting. So that was another way that uh, I found simplicity, like in your stuff really does help because we all know that health is wealth. (laughs) (laughs) And obviously being healthy does save you money in the long run too, just for practical reasons. I mean, I just don't have a lot of stuff in my home because I don't want to dust a lot. Oh, I hate cleaning. Yeah. I had to, oh my gosh, I had to change the sheets on my bed more than once in a month. And I am pregnant too. Mm -hmm. So like, it was just like, I can't have too many beds in this yeah. house. Like, you I can't mean, have too many bedrooms. Technically, don't they say you should change your sheets every two weeks? Okay, we had this conversation before. We don't have to hide it. Um, who we truly are. We Oh, yeah. I'm like every two months. But I think the standard... <laughs> okay, last time we talked about this, you said every month. <laughs> and now you're saying every two months. And I so now I, fish is I'm getting starting... Smaller. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're getting more and more into the true truth. We're going to move on before you reveal <laughs> anything else you don't want to. So number five is simplistic living means increased focus, which is so... Mm true. The more we have to focus on, the more we will just not focus on anything. And that's like, we think we need to have all of these plates spinning at the same time. But the more you have, you're going to focus on none of them. Not even one of them is going to get your full attention. And this is why we talk so much about prioritizing and not trying to balance. Balance is a myth. Mm-hmm. Prioritize what's important to you when it's important to you. Change, switch it up as you need to, but prioritize, focus. And that means you're probably not going to be able to work on 10 things at once. So simplify your goals, simplify your schedule, your activities, so that you can have reasonable priorities and be able to focus on them as needed. And the last one on here, number six, living a simple life helps the environment. There is a symbiotic relationship between simple living and being good stewards of the space that we take up. As we are more content and need less, we consume less, which means less less waste. I think a big industry where we consume a lot. The industry itself utilizes a ton of energy and we often throw away is fashion and clothing. Mm -hmm. And so when we are not buying so much fast fashion, then we're not contributing as much to the textile industry, which is one of the biggest polluters. And it's just it just leads to then more sustainability as we're not consuming and throwing away. And again, we've mentioned it before. It's kind to then like the, the we're not then taking advantage of people either. Like there's there's both. There's yeah. the environment. There's the workers. There's all of it. Um, paying fair wages is a part of this equation. So there's so much interconnectedness uh, between what benefits us also benefits others. And when we can find that beautiful intersection, what an amazing thing. Yes. And most of these that we read out do have like studies associated with them. So if you're interested in those, definitely check out the article. It will be in our show notes. 
Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash frugal. That's mintmobile.com slash frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash frugal. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. And this next article that we're going to go through is how to simplify your life and spend less. And it came from Jen. She wrote it. You and know, we talking about <laughs> it. Modern Frugality. It's, it's her blog. It's so... I read other articles because I didn't want to be the person that uses their own article. But... I'm here for it. It was the best one, uh-huh. you know? Like, it was... And maybe it was the one that said what I wanted to say the best. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> so there's tons of tips in here. We're each going to go through three of our favorites. And I'm going to pick first because I feel like you've got the upper hand on this one. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, the first one is to declutter your home. We've already kind of identified this one already, but the less physical clutter that you have in your home, the more focus that you can have, the less you have to, less time and energy you have to spend on maintaining and cleaning and replacing and fixing. And all of that saved time and money can lead to increased contentment, which then leads to less spending, which then leads to you being able to spend your time how you want to spend it. So decluttering, I know that we're all different. There's definitely a spectrum of what is the most beneficial for each one of us, what simplicity looks like, what minimalism looks like. But for me, at least I can speak from my own experience. When my space is free of just clutter, the more I'm able to, yeah, focus on my task at hand, get into my work, not be as distracted and not even feel as stressed or overwhelmed. Even if I have a lot on my schedule, if my physical space isn't as cluttered, then I feel more able to engage with whatever my obligations or responsibilities are that day. So Mm -hmm. just here's your encouragement. It can be a lot of work at first, but once you put in the the big effort, it's maintenance after that. And it can make such a huge difference. 
Yeah. And one of the studies that we didn't cover that the last article reference did state that participants in their study who had less clutter were able to focus better on tests. Mm -hmm. So that's just another like science reason that having less physical stuff affects your mind and also affects your ability to make financial decisions, make spending decisions. We don't we don't think so much about that. Yeah. Um, but the more clutter we have in our space and our mind, of course, the poorer our decisions are going to be financially. Yeah. The more clutter we have in our finances, the less likely we are to want to look at it because mm-hmm. it feels overwhelming. But even simplifying the way that our spending and finances and bill pay process looks like can also make us feel more confident and at ease in the way that we're navigating that aspect of our lives. Yeah. The next one for me, and this is one that's hitting me really really hard right now personally so we're a little vulnerable before the lightning around here wow social media i very much dislike social media <laughs> i really hate participating in it uh, i really hate consuming it and creating it i think it can be really helpful but i i think it's few and far between that it's helpful 95% of it is mind-numbing entertainment, things that distract us from what's going on in reality. And then like 5% of it is very helpful content. So like there is good stuff out there on social media. Like I would never say that that everything is trash, but <laughs> so much of it is, and not trash, it's just mm-hmm. so distracting. Clutter. And it is clutter. Mm-hmm. It is clutter. It's mind clutter. Um, and so decluttering your social media, fasting from social media, whatever you feel like you need to do to get out of social media is going to help you simplify other things in your life by just simplifying that one thing. Like what's the one thing that's going to make other things down the line easier or unnecessary? I really think minimizing social media is one of those things because then you're minimizing ads that cause you to spend. You're minimizing seeing like your friends have new things that you want. They're not even trying to sell you. They just (laughs) are having it. (laughs) But you see it and then you want it. I want what she's having. So it minimizes that aspect, but then it also minimizes just the um, habit of just picking up your phone and ignoring what's going on and like consuming social media. And that's so much Mm -hmm. of what I do that it's very hard to strike a balance between like having a job like this where people (laughs) want to see your face, right? And it's like, good. This is how I make the, you know, the bit of money that I do make. The big bucks. The big bucks. The the billionaire bucks. The big bucks that I do make. (laughs) So it's hard to like strike that. There is no balance. I'll just say there's no balance with me between like trying to show my face. It's like all or nothing. Like sometimes it's heavy. It's full on. mm -hmm. Like we we recently started dating and then other times it's like, "Ah, I don't know. We're on a break. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So that's how I feel about social media. So if you don't see me on social media, uh-huh. that's why. I know. Oh, likewise. Goodness. Yeah. We're, we're just in a process of simplifying, you know, yeah. friends. That's what's happening. Okay. So the third one that I do love just related to simplicity is number three, getting out of debt. I know we talk about this a ton. It's one of the biggest things we discuss when it mm-hmm. comes to this podcast But when we look at this from a lens of simplicity, I have to agree as well. And you reference in this article, it doesn't just mathematically make sense, but it is also a mental and emotional weight lifted. Now, we recognize this is a long journey. This isn't like a declutter your home this weekend, (laughs) getting out of debt. For many of us, this is a long haul decision that will often take years so there's a there's a lot that needs to go into that, but it does lead to freed up mental and emotional space, freed up finances, and just ability to now make decisions for investing for retirement or having maybe a little bit more discretionary income or just not worrying that much anymore. And and that is an incredible benefit. So that's a great way to simplify as well. Yeah. And something I feel like I want to point out is that lately we've been getting a lot of questions about consolidating debt, which does have the benefit of simplifying, Mm. right? So like what we're talking about is is simplifying, but I think it's over-advertised because it's advertised as a way to save on debt. But in reality, saves you very little on debt. It just moves debt around and makes you think you've done something because you have simplified the problem. So that's not a bad thing, but you need to know what you're getting into. And like, we don't typically recommend debt consolidation because while it does simplify what the debt looks like, it is adding a level of complexity to your actual financial practice. So it's not like a simplification of, you know, when you pay off your smallest loan, that debt goes away. So this is one of the one of the benefits of the debt snowball is that you can simplify what your debt looks like or what your bank accounts look like more quickly. So it's a quicker simplification process even though maybe it costs a little bit a little bit more mathematically it does give you that simplifying part quicker and so we would probably say do that instead of consolidating debt if that's what you're thinking about yeah, that's uh, helpful yeah my next one is number four. We're not going to go through every single one of them. I just, <laughs> no, put, it just happens I to put be the best like, ones <laughs> up front is what I did. Uh, so number four is learn to say no. Mm. And that that's going to offend some Are people. Are you talking to me? No, I'm not. You know, <laughs> you know how to say no. <laughs> so, but some people don't. And I think I grew up watching these people. So in my adult life, I I say the first line, I am the type of person who says no first. I always say no first, and then I take time to think about it and whether I want my to change my answer to yes. Yeah. So some people would say, Jen, you should just say, let me think about it first. (laughs) (laughs) So you're too much on the other extreme. Yeah. So so maybe I wouldn't recommend becoming me, but 
a lot of people start with lead with yes, mm-hmm. um, just out of insecurity, wanting to be a people pleaser. Oh, this is a perfect example. So uh, last week I took like a girl's trip with um, our friends, Caroline Vensel, Allison Baggerly from Inspired Budget. Allison is a gem of a person mm. and a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> there, I can't even remember what it was, but like, I think I was maybe road raging for a second and I won't repeat what I said, but mm-hmm. <laughs> Allison, we, we don't have the explicit rating. Right. Allison was like, oh, I was like, I always like give these people the benefit of the doubt or no, no, it was a social media thing. It oh. wasn't road rage. Somebody was trying to like manipulate, manipulate her. I'll just say that. Uh-huh. And, uh, she knew it too. She knew it, uh-huh. but she just wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt, even mm. though she knew what they were doing. She just wanted to say yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because she wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, she's just a gem yeah. of a person, right? right? Saying no to people who are trying to manipulate you does not make you any less of a gem. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you're worried yeah. about. I mean, it sounds like the radical middle, mm-hmm. whether you find yourself on one extreme of leading with no or leading with yes, is that let me think about it. Mm-hmm. Either side could choose that pathway just to give yourself space, just a pause to identify, is this something I want to engage in? And I think, I mean, it sounds like a great way of living for Allison to just be a gem of a person. Mm-hmm. Like then everybody likes you everybody, and, yeah, everybody and we loves all you. do. But if it hurts you, I think that's where it's time for some reevaluation. Mm-hmm. If you are always saying yes at the cost of yourself and your own well-being, then that's where we need to kind of identify some different patterns and of even it- relating. Even if it doesn't always end up in you being a stressed, overtired people pleaser, if it's resulting in that more often than it is resulting in you being filled up, there's an issue. Yeah. Because there are a lot of important things that you have to do that aren't going to fill you up, but they're important. So you have to do them. So if you're doing things for other people that are draining you as well that you don't have to do. Those things need to be cut out of your life. And it's not always, it's typically not people trying to manipulate you. It's typically really well-intentioned people that really see that you would be a good fit for something. And it's a good opportunity, but sometimes you have to say no to good so that you can pursue great. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so you have to really either say no or say, I'll think about it Yeah, um, to really give yourself time to figure out, is this good or is this great? And that's what leads to simplifying our schedules, which mm-hmm. I think for many of us is where we all need the most work of how do I continue to kind of rein myself in from the vortex of busyness that will suck us in. I do think there needs to be active intentional, perpetual awareness of the vortex of busyness. It will always want to suck us in and and own us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that saying no is what leads to some of that more simple schedule. I am going to jump all the way to the bottom of this. I'm done going in order, <laughs> is plan a simple menu. Ugh. 
I could not agree with this more and probably because you wrote it and I like you and we're <laughs> friends. But I think when it comes to activities that we have to do daily, like food, this is also where we can experience a lot of overwhelm and fatigue and can lead to the convenience purchases of eating out or ordering takeout, which isn't always the friendliest for our budgets or our money if it's not something that's been planned for. And so I think one way to get around that is to really simplify what we're going to eat at home throughout the week. That doesn't mean that it's bland or not fun or inedible, just simple, like paring down the number of ingredients that you need. You can still reuse and repurpose ingredients, but making it easier, more accessible for yourself will cut down on the amount of times that you feel like you need to eat out. It will have the decisions already made for you. So there's less of that decision fatigue and usually can lead to lower cooking times, not taking up as much of your space and energy. For me personally, I think one of the ways that I do this is I'll change up a lot of what we'd eat for dinner, reusing ingredients, but my breakfasts and lunches from week to week week will look very similar. Like a breakfast for me, it's two options. It's going to be a smoothie or some eggs and toast. And that's fine because I know I'm still going to get variety that day. Lunches, I'll have two to three options on hand in any given week. So I feel like I have options, but it's not complicated. I'm not reinventing all of the time. And then changing up week to week what the dinners are going to be. Again, still doesn't have to be complicated, but I found the simpler that I can keep it, the more likely I am to eat at home and stick with it. Sometimes it's really fun to try the new thing and make a new meal every single night just to like keep our palates tantalized, but that's not going to last long. There's no longevity in that. And we're Mm -hmm. not going to experience the benefits of simplicity in that way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I hate that I have to pick just one more (laughs) from the list because it's like my people children. can go check it out. Yeah, definitely check it out. There's some like, okay, so there's some really concrete practical tips, but I'm gonna go with one more non-concrete one. And I know you guys hate that, but here I am. Five is focus on one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. I left that for you. I'm like, I, I cannot <laughs> steal her one thing. That is Jen through and through. She has I, trademarked this I, thing. I am I am obsessed with the concept of, and it's essentially the, just the concept of prioritizing. To choose, be intentional about the things that you are working on, the financial goals that you are working on, the life change goals you are working on. Be intentional and work on one at a time. Making small changes and working on one thing at a time is not sexy. We do not want to have gradual growth and change. We love a good uh, overnight success. And that's just not reality. It's just not. Like if your New Year's resolution was to lose 10 pounds, pay off debt, and have a smoothie every day, how's that going for you? Yeah. How is that going for you? I am sure not well. But if your New Year's resolution was just, I want to drink 80 ounces of water every day, that's it. No Mm -hmm. other goals, Mm -hmm. nothing. Doesn't mean you're not doing anything else. (laughs) Right. It's just not taking up the majority of your focus. Right. It's like one, choose one thing 
that can help multiple other things. So like just keeping on the water, I know that's not financial, but water can help you, you know, get your cravings under control. So it'll help with food. It can help you get your like hormones and your weight, water weight fluctuations under control. So it helps with that. It helps with so many other different things, yet it is one thing. It is just one Mm. thing. Mm. And it's much easier to do than focusing on all these big, higher level goals. So yes, your goal may be to pay off debt, but what are the actions that are going to take you to get there? Okay. Think about those and then pick one to focus on at a time and really dig into it until you feel like you've mastered it and you can move on. Yes. That is focusing on one thing at a time. And that is what's going to move the needle. We can't all be overnight success stories. If it happens, cool, but don't plan for that. Yeah. Don't, don't plan to be an overnight success story. And really the journey is so much more. Oh my God. Yeah. Than the destination. When you are, when you become an overnight success, you miss out on all the learning and growth that the journey provides. So it's really, you miss out on a lot. So plan to be average. Plan (laughs) to be normal. Do you know what my very average one thing is to the exclusion of all other things? This is a one thing. Nothing else. But whereby doing we 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 gain so much. And but I think it was an overnight success. I mean, (laughs) it's one thing. This one is the like the destination and the journey. The The bill of the week. time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the bill of the week. So I'm Katie from Scotland. This month I cleared my online banking overdraft for which I was being charged monthly. I transferred the balance to a 0% credit card. So now I can pay off my credit card without the monthly charges I was getting while I was in my overdraft. I was being charged £30 a month, which will now just go off to paying off that debt. Thanks. Isn't it so interesting when you start to look at your finances and you find things that you don't want to find, like you're being charged $30 a month for overdrafting? (laughs) That's crazy. But now, Katie, you took... You were brave and... You went in there like Merida. I envision that you are like Merida because I like Disney. And you just went in there and you said, no more. I'm transferring <laughs> it. And now I'm going to use this $30 a month to pay off my credit card. Yes, well done, Katie <laughs> from Scotland. Jen is being quite imaginative. I don't today. even know where Scotland is, where that movie takes place. And I'm, uh, oh, I'm so sorry if it's not. Yeah, well, she, here I think we go. She was here. Irish. Maybe she was Scottish. Okay, we're gonna figure that out, Katie. But mostly, we're focused on you and. Yeah, how you paid off your credit card. You no longer got these overdraft fees happening. So just well done. What do you got, Jen? She is voiced by a Scottish actress. Uh-huh. Um, it's from obviously a made-up place. So we're gonna say uh, we're gonna say Scotland. Okay, we're gonna go with Scotland. 
You you win, Katie. <laughs> so sorry, Katie. Thanks for sharing your bill of the week. If you all listening want to share your bill, if it has anything to do with like a Disney movie character <laughs> slicing and dicing some overdraft fees or paying off credit cards, or or your name is Bill. Bill I don't know how many times I have to you? say this. Visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill. Leave us your bill. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. Now it's time for the lightning round. I don't think I have to get any more vulnerable because I already got vulnerable. (laughs) No. No? Okay. No, it doesn't work that way. You chose vulnerability. This is now forced vulnerability. vulnerability. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what's something in your life that has been hard to simplify? And I think you should go first. Uh huh. I feel like, did you write this question? <laughs> or was this a Goldie question? This is me. <laughs> oh, my schedule. This is so vulnerable because mm-hmm. I would love to say that I'm just like crushing simplicity. And maybe I'm doing that in my possessions and just like getting rid of things, but I'm not crashing it in my schedule. The nicer you are and the more of a gem of a person you are, I think the harder it is to simplify the schedule. The thing about it for me is I don't think, I don't feel as though I am just bending to the will and needs of others. There Mm -hmm. is a true tension for me. We were talking about this even before we hit the record button today where I I want a lot of things. It is mostly a me problem where I want all of the things. Mm-hmm. I want rest and opportunities to explore my hobbies and things that are life-giving to me. And I want to grow this business and pursue other types of careers. And I want to host people and I want to hang out and I want to build community. Like I just want all the things. Like I want to say yes to it all. 
not not because I feel like I'm placating someone or something. It mm-hmm. just truly is what I want to do. So that has been and potentially will be a forever and always thing to navigate of still sincerely keeping a pulse on, okay, but what is going to be best for me? What is this going to cost me? Not just monetarily, like what will this cost me in my energies and capacities? What will that potentially steal from something else? Like if I choose to go all out just in the social world, then there is a cost-benefit analysis to that. There's an opportunity cost. Then that mm-hmm. means projects aren't getting done at my house. Or if I go all in on projects, that means community is not being found. So it's there is such a tension. And I'm sure there's plenty of people listening who like want to collect all the things. You just want to do it all. And it's all so appetizing and appealing and fun and enjoyable. So really deciding how how do I want to spend like the 24 hours that's been allotted to me and creating some space to keep a pulse on how is this impacting me? Was that was that a good choice or would I want to shift or morph that in the future? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there. I don't know that I ever will be there. Yeah. I don't think, especially because your values so f- like very much align with what you were just saying, like to be healthy in your values creates like the perfect schedule, but mm-hmm. nobody is perfect or perfectly healthy. Yeah. So it's always something that you'll have to keep a pulse on. Yeah. I think I have also, I'll just say this and then I'll be done in case it's fruitful for anybody else. But I think I've realized that I had a narrative going that go, 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 go was not good for me, mostly because of what I think is talked about. Like just being busy isn't isn't good. And I would partially agree with that. But then to also realize maybe that narrative is what's mostly unhelpful. Like I love spending time with people. That is actually life-giving. What if that's a form of rest for me where I might have this very like mono idea like of, oh, this is what rest is. It's only sitting down in complete quietness, reading a book. That's what rest is. But to come to realize that might be somebody's rest. But for me, my rest can look different. And Mm -hmm. usually for most of us, we've got a lot of different forms of rest. So I think it's been taking a lot of the pressure away from myself, the things I put on myself to say, this might feel like a lot. And maybe others would look on the way that I live my life or spend my time as like, that's just too much. Mm -hmm. But it might be too much for that person and what's valuable for them. But for me, it's okay. And it's not hurting me. And if anything, there's aspects of it that are life-giving. So that's been a whole other kind of realization and mostly helpful for me to not just get bummed that I filled my space and time with people and things that I really enjoy. That can be okay. That's lovely. That's great. What about you? Get vulnerable. Well, I mean, I'm going to... Is it a cop-out to say the same the social media thing again? No, do it. Because that really does plague me. Mm-hmm. I I was off social media entirely for about three months. And then people 
kind of convinced me to get back on. They're like, it's free marketing for your podcast and your business. And we're going for a book deal and every publisher wants to see you're active on social media. Like, it's just so sad for for me. I feel like I hear this from you. Like there's always, there's a cycle of I'm leaving it. This is good for me. Then you get into some mastermind group and they're like (laughs) shaming you into getting back on. And you're like, Mm -hmm. I know that they're right. And you do crush it. You post some really great stuff. You're funny. You're a gem. You're witty. You're insightful. You've got a lot to give. And I think that's, especially in this space, right? Where there's like a business connected to it. That's a big component. Yeah. There's got to be a radical middle. And we're partially now getting into business meeting here. On yeah. this episode. We'll find the radical <laughs> we, middle. We will have to find the radical middle. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I just, I don't have strong enough boundaries or self-discipline to not get sucked into it. Uh-huh. It's, it is for sure. Like, yeah. I am um, my I could be more disciplined, but also I can give myself grace for just being not perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's where I'm at. Uh agreed. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. I hope that this conversation has been helpful to you in some way, that you feel seen in some way, and are going to leave with maybe a few ideas on how you want to simplify your life and you're going to focus on one of them. You're just going to focus on changing one of them to Mm. simplify your life. Try that first uh, before you try three or four at a time. So thank you for listening. Many of you know, we have a membership for our listeners who are trying to simplify, trying to pay off debt. Last month, we did an eat at home challenge and the whole lesson was on simplifying meal prep so that you could better execute your meal plan and eat at home. And so we talk all about simplification uh, in our group. And we wanted to congratulate one of our members for a big win. This comes from Michelle. It's about meal prep. She says, you guys, I'm not a great meal prepper. I have a chronic illness, so it's really hard for me to be on my feet for long amounts of time. Making big batches of food and then washing all the dishes usually feels super overwhelming. But I think I'm finally finding my stride. A couple days ago, I got several cans of refried beans, big stack of burrito tortillas, already had lots of cheese and rice on hand, and made a big batch of of burritos, a whole month's worth, and put them in the freezer. I'm so stoked. I also made a week's worth of smoothies and put them in jars in the freezers. Today's mission, giant batch of spaghetti sauce. Oh, Michelle, congratulations. I'm so thrilled to hear of just the the motivation and energy that you're finding now to be kind to yourself on the days when you need to not be on your feet. And that's a real reality for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. not just how do I prep and plan, but also I've got these various physical or like mental health concerns Mm -hmm. that can be interrupters or barriers, but finding creative ways to work around 
around it, finding community to surround you, to help you through that process and think about new ways of attacking that problem and finding solutions that are workable. This is just so great. Well done, Michelle. Yes. Enjoy that food. It sounds yummy. Yummy. Thank you for listening. If you want to check out our membership where we have all kinds of courses, interviews, challenges, and more, head to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash club to check it out. Yay. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. All right, Jen. Yes. You know me. I just want to talk about food now. Okay. <laughs> What's for dinner? Um, uh, what a great question. Um, I actually, I don't know. Cause yeah. I got back in town two days ago. I can't even say yesterday. Yeah. And I just, I haven't meal planned. Well, yeah. I do. Okay. So as a lie, I have my meal plan, my month long meal plan on my laptop and I have not taken five minutes to pull it up <laughs> and write it down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that just shows how pregnant you are. (laughs) You realize when this comes out, this comes out March 14th, and my (gasps) C-section is scheduled for March 15th. (laughs) Guys, Mm -hmm. we're one day away from meeting little... TBD. (laughs) (laughs) Little baby Smith. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So unless he has come early, which is also a possibility, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, this'll this'll be it. And obviously we're recording this like six weeks in advance which is good yeah because you never know smart yeah um but yeah my brain is Mm -hmm. already in another month yeah so i i do think that you should do meal deliveries like get people to meal train you (laughs) pre-birth and post-birth i feel like those last six weeks of pregnancy and then the yeah. first six weeks of baby. Uh, yeah, but I will say, like, when you compare the two, the last six weeks of pregnancy are way easier than the first six weeks of newborn. Like, mm. that is really... It's real legit. That's real legit. We're getting fratty for it. I was just talking to my friend Eileen, and she was like, yeah, the night before I had my last baby, I cried because I knew what was coming for me oh, <laughs> what was coming <laughs> and i was like yeah yeah so that's mm. what's coming for me so the reality of mm. bringing new humans into the world it's just a thing check you parents out well i'll be here i'll be here to come like clean your toilet or something oh, bless you <laughs> trinity school of natural health can help you be part of the fast growing health and wellness industry With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. 
Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.